¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? ¿Qué pasa cuando muero? What happens when I die? With me, 2W1. Man, I don't know what to... Because with this being a podcast about, like, fears of death, and I feel like we both... Uh, is suffer the right word? I... I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a technical <laughs> we'll use, term, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we'll use the word suffer. We both suffer uh from fears of death. Uh I don't know how else to start this episode other than being like, So what was the first time you had a panic attack about dying? <laughs> I mean, I honestly don't remember as a like a young child having being scared of death but not to the point of panic until yeah. I was older. Uh, I was raised Catholic, so death and and I don't know if everybody had this experience and I don't know if it was the kind of church that I went to or if it was just the way my brain works. But when I see a lot of religious people talking about like, oh, you're going to go to heaven and it's a beautiful thing. And to me, it was like, oh, if you mess up, if you screw up, you're going to hell. If you touch yourself, you're going to hell. Yeah. If, if you actually, you know, steal something, you're going to hell. So it was even as a young child, it was kind of a when I was a believer, it was a scary thing. Yeah. Um, but I think. It, it wasn't until, um, it, it, it was before my mom passed away. I think it, it must have just been getting older and, and dealing, you know, maybe with people dying further away from me than my mom. Uh, I don't know. I, there were just time periods where I would just start thinking about death and thinking about um, it being nothing after that, me just disappearing and, yeah. you know, like everything it's there's this weird thing that sometimes comes up in my head where um like each of us is our own universe so every single thing that exists in the world is from us yeah you know even though you when i leave here you're going to be experiencing stuff that's your universe but every experience i've ever had everything i've ever seen yeah everything is is through yeah, the all colony my filters. ships exploding, yeah. the, all all these memories gone like teardrops in yeah. the rain. <laughs> <And> it's, <laughs> you know, so it sounds kind of um, like self grandeur, but no. But I mean, yeah. like you, the only the only true thing you know is just your perception of everything. Yeah, and the, yeah. And the the idea that that's going to, you know, just be gone one day. You're going to be in it <laughs> forever. Yeah. And I I had a conversation with my girlfriend and she's like that to her that's comforting. Yeah, I to don't me understand. that is horrifically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've the worst. I've, I don't know that I've ever had a panic attack where I completely lost control. I don't know if that's my personality or if it's. Um, Are your panic attacks like the shutdown? Like, I just I get really like the the real bad butterfly feelings. You know, I just. Yeah. Um, I start to, it just feeds into itself. And I mean, I, I, the worst one I had, I just remember standing, I don't know how many people have this kind of, I'm like, I'm standing at a urinal with, you know, in midstream thinking, and this was probably pretty close after my mom passed away and just not being able to shut my brain off of thinking about this is, this is it. And just extreme fear, not, yeah. you know, and, and so I, I know a lot of times people have panic attacks and it, it's debilitating to them. Yeah, for me, it I've never either I don't have that kind of panic attack or I've not crossed the plane yeah, into that, that an actual, panic threshold. Yeah. So um, yeah, I remember I remember 18 years old. I see an I'm working at Target. I see an old man in one of the the little scooter uh, baskets, and I make eye contact with him, and my brain goes, "One day you'll be his age, and then you die." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and then I just started crying. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's got to be. So I don't know how true it is because I'm obviously a man, but 
Yeah. W- women, when they have a baby, it is, there's nothing that's not painful about, you know, unless you have a full epidural, ep- epidural. Yeah. All that stuff. Like if you have a natural birth, that is excruciating pain. Yeah. And there's something with the human brain that kind of lets them forget that. Yeah. And I think it's, it. I guess it's sort of like how when you're, when you're looking, you always see your nose. Like it's always in your field of oh, vision. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But your brain just yes. And I think that's to... how death has to like because if you were actively aware of the fact that you're going to die, or I, I'm not going to say you for everybody. Yeah. But if I, I, the crazy part is, is it freaks you out so much. But it's not like oh well, I'm just going to kill myself because yeah. that's what you're scared yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I talk about that a, a lot with my with my partner because like dealing with uh with suicidal ideation while also having the fear of death is like one of the worst situations to be in. Cause it's like, you want the only thing you never want. <laughs> it, it, <it's, laughs> and I, I was where you were at probably maybe around the same time. Yeah. Uh, now it's, it's, I don't know if it's my brain chemistry is in a different place or if I'm just, my life is in a better place, but I don't have the, I'm, I had a cousin who had uh, a bullet on his shelf in his room, and he said, "If I if if I ever kill myself, it's going to be with this bullet." Oh Jesus! <laughs> like, literally, yeah. And I've never been to that point where you know yeah. I, it's more of it. It's kind of like when I was a kid, and um, my my brother got hit with a stick in his eye and was blind, and he was in the hospital for a long time. Yeah. And there was he was in the ch- children's ward, so there was kids with like cancer and all. <laughs> and like as a kid, I'm like. Because I, 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 did, I guess I didn't get the love or attention that I wanted. I was like, well, if I had cancer, you know, like you kind of, you don't want it, but you're like, if I had that, people would care, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I think um, it's kind of the same with death. It's not something that I want, but it's like, okay, well, things would be easier. Like yeah. this sucks. Yeah. And people at this, you know, at that time period when I was having those feelings, I don't think they're happy with me, you know, like, <laughs> but then also I, I don't want to die. That is. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, suicide is a weird thing to, cause like, uh, but yeah, with suicide, I've been having, I've had like my first case. Yeah. We'll call it case. Like I'm a detective. My first, <laughs> my first, my first, uh, experience with ideation was like 12 years old. Yeah. And it was like, was it in this house? I think it was in this house when I was a kid. Oh, wow. And yeah. And I was just like, 12 a good age. <laughs> we could call it there. See, I don't, I don't remember. There's not an exact time that I remember, yeah. you know, the first time I thought about things would be better if I wasn't here or, and, but it was always, it, I don't want to say it was for, because I, I feel like saying it, it was to get attention because I never told anybody if I was trying to get attention that would require telling people, but it was yeah. like one of those things where nobody, you know, like nobody cares or this sucks and like things would be better, but it was yeah. never things would be better. So let me go get this bottle of pills and plant, you know, it never got past that. So yeah, it, I wish I had that. Cause like, my first anxiety attack about death was 14 or 15. So it was a couple of years after like the ideation set in, which I think part of like the fear of death, a little bit of it may be um, like my brain counteracting the, uh, the ideation. Yeah. Um, but I also think some of it is just deep Christian programming. Oh yeah. And the yeah. fear of hell. I have, um, I'm not a believer anymore, but I feel like, especially with the the Catholicism, I th- I feel like I have a lot of PTSD. Like, yeah. probably the the biggest example is, you know, when you're a, a teenage boy and you've got all these hormones, and thousands of years of evolution has trained you to like, come just want to <laughs> yeah you just want to ejaculate all the yeah, time yeah and so it it is and. Now I know that it is just a natural thing. And as long as you're alone in a private place or yeah. with a consenting person, you know, like it's, it's okay. Yeah. But back then I was told it was wrong. You're going to go to hell. And I, you know, and so to have something that is that 
the drive to do that is so strong that you, at that age, there are times when you're like, I don't, I guess I'm going to go to hell because I'm going to keep, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and like, then, keep... but then when you're done, it's just like, like when you wake up, you go to, you, you're drunk and you're with somebody that is not your, your level. Yeah. Or you're like, I normally would not do this. And then as soon as you sober up or you finish, you're, you, you're like, oh man, I, this was not a good idea. Yeah. That post nut, that but, post nut yeah, clarity. Post note, but it's like a religious post nut experience. <laughs> like, like, oh man, I, I really won't wanted to do this, but now I'm scared to go to hell. Yeah, and it it yeah. does. Uh, so I don't, yeah. I'm going to take the Eucharist Sunday and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'm my, absolved. My come God's body, <laughs> blood, my come. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it, I do think that really is where it began. And then it kind of, um, when I stopped being as religious, yeah. you know, I, things, you know, I'm not saying I don't believe that I'm an agnostic. I'm definitely not an atheist. I don't know if there's any, but it's not, in my opinion, it's not what the religion. Totally you know, knock on wood what, that it's yeah. not. The... But I feel like in, if, if I'm a try to be a good person and I'm a good person or I try to be, there's a, a, being out there that's worthy of being worshipped, they yeah. would be like, okay, well, they they were a good person, you know, or, yeah, um, or maybe just in comparison to other people, I'll look good. I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> my father is a universalist, so he's like, yeah, like we don't know what happens yeah. when you die. There probably isn't a hell. Like for all you know, you could just it's you in a waiting room at a table with Jesus, and he's like, so I'm real. <laughs> uh, this is kind of your last chance. Yeah, you know, do you believe in me? I was like, all right, that. Well, now I do. I mean, you're, you're right here <laughs> yeah. at the table with me. You're like, that yeah. would be easy. If, yeah. if I could have lunch with Jesus, yeah. then it would be a lot easier to believe that he was real. Yeah, yeah. if one moment I have a belt around my neck and I'm jerking <laughs> it, and then the next moment I'm sitting at a table with Christ, <laughs> I'm going to believe it. Does the, when you when you're sitting across does the belt still around are you still nude with the belt That's around your neck? That's a good or? question. And not nude, it's if anything fancy dress. <laughs> it's like British fancy dress like a costume or no, fancy dress like, like American, a tuxedo. Yeah, or, like American, yeah, yeah like, like full Yeah, I'm using a um a, a cummerbund, cummerbund that I have taken off and I'm strangling <laughs> myself with. <laughs> <laughs> the audio, affix, audio auto as, erotic asphyxiation of the wealthy they yeah. use an ascot or a cummerbund to, yeah, yeah. to choke themselves they don't use belts like this yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> where if you're it like it's like bottom of the level is like hemp rope <laughs> and then the top is like a tiffany chain yeah is that, yeah is that scale have you have you ever almost died i so the and there's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Uh, the closest I, I feel like I've gotten, I was in a, my senior year, I was um, driving with, or riding with my mom. And we were making a left turn and a car just blasted through the red light and hit us. And as far as I know, I, I never lost consciousness as far as like, I wasn't just passed out on the, on the passenger seat, but my brain just kept resetting. Yeah. So every you know, a few minutes I was asking the same questions, you know, what happened? Were we in an accident? Is everybody okay? Like over and over and over again. And, um, I remember waking up in the hospital. Um, and I had added like a few things to my series of questions that I yeah. like, they put a catheter in. So every few minutes, like what happened? Were we in an accident? Is everybody okay? I've got to go pee, you know, like, yeah, but it was still, I just something like whatever was in your head that I guess my short term memory just kept over and over again just kept resetting and uh so when i finally was actually in the hospital bed and kind of had a chance to to get out of that grogginess and i realized that the last thing i had remembered was uh and i don't know what day it was because you know you go to school every day and your friend picks you up and so yeah. it's like the same every day but it was at least a couple of days prior my friend picking me up to go to school and then that's the last thing i remember and um i've had you know, surgeries or procedure like my colonoscopy that I just had men's health, go get yeah. checked out. Um, but yeah, get your butt checked. Yeah, get your butt checked, help a friend, whatever you need to do, just <laughs> check butts, you know, but, um, when you have that kind of medication, it's, you go to sleep, it, it knocks you out and then you wake up. There's no, there's nothing in between. Yeah. But this was like, a. <laughs> we, we shouldn't have re- Recorded in the uh, Humane Society yeah, or something. Uh, like we're in yeah. some animal shelter or something. <laughs> but um, here, so you were, yeah. So I was, I was saying that when, like, when you, um, 
when I, from my experience when I've had like anesthesia, I don't know, I can't speak English. Uh, when I was, ha- you know, when I was put under for surgeries yeah. and stuff, like it, you go to sleep and you wake up and it's, there's not, I don't know if, I think they put a medicine in there that's supposed to just make you forget or something. I don't know. Yeah. But this experience, it was, it was like, um, it was dark mm-hmm. and there was a consciousness, but it wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, this is me, Adam floating around here. It was just, it was a darkness. It was a nothingness, but it was, but there was awareness, but it wasn't. Um, like I said, like it wasn't me that it was aware, like a full sentience. Yeah, and 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 I feel like that is, I don't know that I, I was close to death. I was close enough to where I got put in the hospital for a few days for observation, yeah. but I don't think it was like my heart stopped or anything. But I feel like it, I gave me the similar type of experience to like uh, when somebody has a near death experience and they uh, <laughs> and they um they see the light and they see their relatives that they grew up with. And you know, they're, they're telling them to come hug me and all that. Like my experience was a religious, like almost like a near that death experience, but it was like the opposite. It was like, there's nobody there. It's just nothing. But it, it also is kind of comforting because it was not just nothing. I mean, I wasn't me, but it was, there There was was some awareness and there there was something. So, um, I guess that's part of the reason why I'm in, I don't believe in like the Bible and in or more like heaven and the afterlife. Yeah, I don't know if that's what it is, but I, I feel like that kind of gave me the same. It t- steered me towards a certain belief the same way that that the opposite type of near death experience yeah. would have had, yeah. and um, it just doesn't help that much. Yeah. It, it helps a little bit, but it doesn't help that much. I've been put under once. It was to get my wisdom teeth removed, and they said, count down from 100. And I was like, okay, 100, 99. And then next thing I know, I'm trying to eat soup <laughs> at my grandmother's <laughs> yeah. house. Like, there's just six hours that oh, yeah. I'm never getting yeah. back. And yeah. that, that I was thinking about that, too. It's like, you're just getting – you're. You're, oh, they're checking your health. They're making sure you're good, but you're like just six hours closer to death. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you just time traveled. You didn't get to, to do anything. Yeah. It wasn't like you you got to have an audio book in your ear yeah. while you were getting, yeah. getting prodded or your teeth pulled out. It's yeah, like, it's just if, gone. If that's six hours, that's the full theatrical release of Lord of the Rings you just missed. Yeah, and, it's, and it's not like uh, you get to, like when you're in uh, hyperfreeze on a spaceship and you're traveling for a billion years, yeah. but when you get out, you're the same age. Like, yeah, no, you're six is... hours older. <laughs> and you have less teeth. Yeah, you're like, all right. Now that I think about it, if they're ever gonna opt, I'm gonna be like, keep me awake. I'm listening to, <laughs> I'm listening to the new James Patterson book. So, just be gentle, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love. It's it's a catch twenty two because. Like, I love, it's kind of like with the suicide ideation where I love sleep and, <laughs> but every time you sleep, you're, you're unconscious. I mean, you're dreaming. So it's, it's, there is something going on there, but it's like, yeah, what I, I could just be drinking coffee and staying up and getting just less sleep, but then yeah. you would die sooner. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think you, I think it's less than a month. Yeah. I think it's like yeah. three weeks of no sleep <laughs> is what your body can survive off of, which, uh, I think the longest I've ever gone is seventy-two hours. I don't know. I've I've had um, times in the army where I didn't get good sleep, but I think probably like forty-eight or or yeah. not close to seventy-two, but definitely like twenty-four to forty-eight hours of of no sleep. Was but, that so you could get the portage on before anybody else, so you could masturbate? Oh, I enjoyed were... the the smell. Oh. It, it, <laughs> it was a, more challenging that way. <laughs> if you if you can keep it up in a smelly porta potty, then yeah. you can. You can do anything. <laughs> was there a leaderboard inside of like a smell ratio of like <laughs> who could the worse it smelled? Wait, I wish now I, I wish I could go back and, and create that. <laughs> the funny part is, is we were there for a year. It was OIF one. So we were some of the first, you know, the, the first people there. And so we were on this air force base, the Iraqi air force base that was just blown up and empties. So when we first got there, we built like, it looked like something from like old timey outhouse yeah. in the back. It was three stalls and you know, the barrel underneath the typical like Vietnam war burning shit. Like, yeah. Um, and probably with a few months left, uh, they got us porta potties 
and it was so miserable and hot in those porta potties because there was no bre- like ours was just like a, a curtain that you you yeah. moved. There was breezes. There, you know, it was it was like a so much more refreshing to to poop. Yeah, in na- like almost like you're pooping in nature. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I never used the porta potties unless I had to because. <laughs> Just, I don't know because of that breeze. That has nothing to do with death, but it, yeah, it just no, it doesn't. But I mean, it's one of the. I feel like everything in a weird way has to do with the death. Yeah, because I yeah. mean, it's inevitable. Yeah, and the funny part is, and I think this is part of um, that thing where your brain kind of keeps itself from panicking. Is that in Iraq, there were times of fear, but it wasn't like. But you hear a lot of when you talk to like, the vets, even the vets that like I was I electronic repair you know i was it was dangerous there was you know no front lines or whatever yeah. you know they were lob stuff at us or we'd be driving on in the suny triangle and ieds and all that stuff but i was pretty safe you know playing madden burning <laughs> shit you know like it, it on a day-to-day basis it was dangerous but it was not it was probably safer than being on fort hood driving yeah. in colleen um but i didn't have those panic attacks yeah we put up sandbags around our tents because they would lob like mortars at us and then yeah i mean they would lob one or two and then run off so it wasn't like a a bombardment but the fact is is if one of them hit like square in the middle of the tent the sandbags weren't going to help you were gone yeah and it's like i am standing in the bathroom at work where i'm pretty safe you know unless i slip and fall and hit my head yeah and i'm having a panic attack at the urinal (laughs) but i was in iraq and i never it I mean, I was worried about it, and, you know, there were times of fear, but it was not the same. I'd, yeah. Did you ever have a situation where it was like that? Like you were saying, they would lob, but was there um, ever like a... I would... The the scariest thing... I mean, there was a few times... I, I got really lucky. That was part of the reason I didn't want to go back, was because if I got this lucky, yeah. statistically speaking, next time I'm not going to be this yeah. lucky. You were like, I um, earned my yeah. blooming onion <laughs> once a year. But um, I think... Is it only once a year you get a balloon on it? Yeah, I think it's only yeah, on Veterans that's bullshit. Day. <laughs> Fuck America. <laughs> but uh, she get a blooming onion every time I go into Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. That's the only rule. There are no rules at Outback Steakhouse except for I get a blooming onion every time I go. But uh, I think there was one. T- so there was a palace in Tikrit where Saddam was one of Saddam's many palaces. And we went this time. We I went there a few times, but this time we went there for what's called R&R. Yeah. And so you just go there for a day or two and they, they had like, they filled up Saddam's swimming pool and you could just walk around and, and not have to carry your weapon. And, you know, it was, it was just supposed to be a relaxing couple of days. And while we were there, some insurgents like just were attacking the base and it was a much smaller, cause it was just a palace compound. Yeah. They knew where we were and it was, it was pretty frightening, you know, yeah. like to, when you're in a big area and they're just lobbing one and they, they, they're not trained soldiers. They don't have good equipment. They never really got close to us uh, on the air base, Camp Spiker. But uh, at the palace, that was – it wasn't like um, – That was like playing in their turf. Yeah, it wasn't like they was blowing up like right next to me and my buddy was, you know, there one minute and one, the next. But Yeah. And then another thing I remember is in Kuwait, when we were waiting to go into Iraq, was when the war just was still going on and Saddam was still like not in hiding and all that. And there would be scud attacks, and no matter where it was, um, they would over the air, you know, the speakers or whatever, lightning, 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 and you'd have to put on your gas masks and run. And um, it that's pretty scary because the whole reason we were there was because he was supposed to have chemical weapons. Yeah, and they um, there was so we got it was the only time in the army they ever went in reverse alphabetical order. Alphabetical order yeah. was when we went to Iraq. <laughs> so I got to go a few days before the rest of my unit. So we were in Kuwait for a few days with all these, you know, it didn't happen all the time, but usually once a day or whatever, there'd be a scud alarm. And I mean, you have, I think like nine seconds to get your mask on and like a minute to get your whole, you know, mop gear uniform on for, to protect you from the siren gas or whatever it is, yeah. you know, uh, nerve agent. And when my unit got there, um, it was like the day first, couple of days they were there there was a scud attack and me and one of the other guys that had been there for a few days we got our stuff on super fast and we, we took off and we waited till the all clear and we went back in the tent and they were all still in there none of them had left because the commander told them we were going to stay but we had done it so fast and took off and hauled ass that we didn't even hear them we just yeah. were gone and that's the power of fear because i don't think i could ever 
have done it that fast when we were training before we left. Yeah. It, it's just sometimes when you're some, you're scared shitless, you like you panic and you don't know how to do things. And then other times you're like, okay, I know how to do yeah, this. Yeah, you buckle and down. I'm going to be gone. And that was one of those cases. Yeah. My partner is real good at that. Whenever something super dangerous or stressful happens, she's really good at clamping yeah. down yeah. and doing stuff. Because I'm a freezer. I'm not a fight or a flight. I just. <laughs> you're the deer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the road. yeah. 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 It's it's pretty bad when you deal with anxiety like uh, at work, like I genuinely like if I'm near the front doors just because we live in America. And now you have to worry yeah, about being yeah. gunned down at work. If I'm near like the front at work, I like I'm on my tippy toes, almost like in a runner's like a like a like a, a starter position just <laughs> in case. And like I'm like doing my job, but I'm also mapping the routes yeah, out yeah. of my where I was like, okay, I'm next to this door, so I'm gonna go this way. Yeah, or I, like, yeah. I do the same. Like, it, and I was never, you know, I was not a combat arms. I was not infantry. I wasn't kicked down doors. You know, but I think you get certain amount of training, and um, you go to like a movie theater or something, and you're you're not just okay with there's a fire or an emergency. Let me look for the exits. Is like if some crazy guy dressed like the Joker comes in here and starts gunning people <laughs> yeah. down. Like, how am I going to get out of here? Am I, you know, do I jump on top of like my girlfriend's kids or, you know, like yeah. you, and I do feel like I thought about those things before, you know, I, I mean, there were always mass shootings, but it, they were spread out a lot further and they were a lot of times like at schools or post offices or something, yeah. you know, it wasn't like everywhere you go. Yeah. And so it, um, yeah, that doesn't help either. The fact yeah. that there are so many, you know, this, I was, I was listening to, um, it was like a, one of those TikTok reels or something. And it was Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he was talking about creationism and how, oh, this like God created this perfect world that is perfect for us. And he's like, that's not true. The earth is like constantly trying to kill us. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the, you know, the temperature has to be like it in the universal scheme, it has to be like a perfect in between this and that. Otherwise we'll die. You know, the oxygen, the the atmosphere has to be a certain percentage or you'll die. All these, you know, natural disasters. And it's like, everything is trying to kill you. The bacteria yeah. in your body, everything. It, it, it's, yeah. I think that's why Werner Herzog takes the right position of being anti-nature. Cause like <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> Werner Herzog and all of his documentaries, you could just tell how much he hates nature yeah. <laughs> just because of like how vicious things are. Is that, is he the one that did the bear? Yeah. The bear grizzly guy? man. Yeah. I, I killed, I went out and killed a few grizzly yeah. bears just because of that documentary. <laughs> just, so yeah. it worked. Yeah. His yeah. anti-nature propaganda worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, I've told my coworkers just cause like, it's something like we have to worry about when we did the training of like, you know, not the training of like watching the videos and them telling you like, what is it? Run, fight or yeah. hide uh, or run, hide or fight. I think is the order of things. I looked at my coworkers and I was just like, y'all are on your own. <laughs> I hope you understand that. Like most of you are a tiny. I'm six, six, one, you know, 230 pounds. I'm a, I'm a easy target. Like I'm booking it. Yeah. yeah and I, I think I have times where there's this, like hero. And I think this is a lot of a problem with the, like the second amendment people. <laughs> like, there's a part of me that thinks, Oh, well, if there's a shooter, I'm going to hide, you know, here and I'm going to throw something, you know, my stapler at his head and yeah. hit him right in the temple and he's going to pass out. And I'm, yeah. you know, like that's what I would do. But it, in reality, almost anything you can do except for like either lock the door and barricade yourself in or, or hide, you know, run away or anything you do, you're more likely to, get killed than to yeah, like save yeah. the day. And so it's, it is, um, it is a helpless feeling, especially like it, I'm my kids older, but when you have kids, you, you can't be there to protect them. And yeah, I mean, I, there are teachers, there are cops that I know that I trust and cops that I know that I wouldn't trust. And there are definitely teachers that I, if, if I wanted somebody to protect my kids that it wouldn't be them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not their fault. They didn't sign up to be, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is um, that really blows my mind. The concept of like arm the teachers. It's like they're buying their own crayons. Yeah. Like where where yeah. are you going to get this money for guns? My sister's a teacher. My aunt's a teacher. My mom was a teacher. I mean, 
our friend Dustin's a teacher. Like, yeah. do we want any of those people to have a gun? No, and, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> like, I uh, like, I couldn't see Justin with a gun. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, he I and couldn't. he is a. Uh, he's just so calm, and but <laughs> there may be like some evil, mean person beneath there. Maybe he is the person. I don't know. Maybe. And all honestly, my big fear is if giving those teachers guns, they'll be like, "Y'all on your yeah. own." <laughs> like, yeah, it, it is. Um. It's a no. It's a no win situation. Like no. it is a. Well, I mean, there is. I mean, there is a solution. There is. What's that? It's just tighter regulation. Yeah, but I like, mean, it, it is a. It's a buyback program. Yeah. Australia did it. And yeah, it worked. And it's. It's one thing that I dislike about politics, and it's both sides. Because I don't. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know what your listeners where they lean. I'm sure most yeah. of my friends lean. You know that I'm close with lean a certain way, and then. Everybody else is another way because I live in Waco, but yeah. um, I feel like there's too much. Oh well, there's people are going to cheat the welfare system, so we just need to cut welfare. Or um, oh yeah, yeah the, the like, whole the uh, uh, crime doesn't yeah. care about laws. If we kinda. yeah, if we take all the guns, only the criminals will have guns, and it's like no cops will have guns, and you know, yeah. the, in like for example, Switzerland. I I I I think that is a very important thing, but Switzerland they have guns. Um, every almost everybody has a gun because of the the militia. Like they actually use it for a like what it says in the constitution for a militia. Yeah. Um, so I do think that is important to not have like twenty guns per America. I think it's what like five or something per yeah, American person. It's something like that, which is crazy because yeah. like two hundred years ago, like you know when the Second Amendment was written, it was like one gun for every fifty yeah. people, and they used it every day to hunt and yeah. and protect you know protect their family from like. <laughs> I mean, bears, yeah, know, bears, and uh, to murder like Native Americans. You know, they used it every day. <laughs> they used yeah. it for good reason. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I th- I think it's instead of saying, oh well, w- d- w- banning guns is not going to fix it, or doing this is not going to fix it. Do they need to do their job? Like yeah. that—that's one thing they don't ever do is just do their job and and work together. And there's got to be, first of all, like money into funding research into gun violence yeah. which i think just started for decades there was no money federal funds could go into that and just you know building communities because i think that's part of it a lot of these guys yeah. that shoot people they don't you know they're not part of like some bowling league or yeah, you know and they're isolated and in i have friends in australia and they're saying that like a lot of the gun community out there because you have to like you have to go and get qualified yeah. for your license every year yep that there's an actual community of people like properly learning how to handle firearms. And it isn't just like you and uncle skeezer in like a big old crop of land, just shooting at all of the, <laughs> the steel reserve cans that he has lying around. Yeah. I had a buddy who, um, when I worked in Cove, he, uh, had gotten his concealed license or uh, concealed carry license. And, um, he was talking about these people that were in the class with him that like didn't know the first thing about guns. Like they didn't know how to load it. And I'm like, do you, do you see the problem here? Yeah. You are telling me that there are people that are going to be, have a gun concealed on them in public spaces that don't know how to operate a gun. Like, and so that I, they talk about responsible gun ownership and it, that's it. I don't see that that's always the case. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Someone yeah. with a revolver trying to load it like a musket. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you got a little stick. It with like use. a pen or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's, I think it's, a lot of it's just a cultural thing. And I think. A lot of it's culture. It, it is very, I feel like it is, um, it's always been this way because when you look at his, historically speaking, like in the seventies, 60s 50s like nuclear war or this or that there's always some kind of apocalyptic type oh yeah thing over the horizon but it now it it, and maybe it's because i'm here and i'm living it and i'm an adult and and it's just there's so many things that i feel like we're tottering or teetering on the edge of just disease you know covid or you know russia with their nuclear weapons or iran or north korea or global warming and you know climate change all this stuff and it's it's I'm like, i I probably should not have had a kid i shouldn't have put my kid 
in a world that is like this, you know? Yeah, I try to be hopeful and remind myself that, you know, 3,000 years ago, people were like, oh, Julius Caesar, that's it. It's oh, all yeah, downhill an eclipse. from here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's tomorrow, an eclipse. Tomorrow's the end of the world. We're all yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we didn't tear a heart out, a heart out. Like, <laughs> fuck you guys. The yeah. sun may not be coming up tomorrow. Can we just do two tomorrow? No, <laughs> we we're, do, just, we're yeah, fucked. Do one. <laughs> we should have done one today, one tomorrow. <laughs> God doesn't play around. Now, here's my question. With the being agnostic, what do you think happens to me when I die? Um, I th- Depending on what day it is, I think two things may happen. Like, Well, I mean, I think... Oh, okay. Depending yeah. on the day, the, like the how day you're feeling. That, not the day when you die. Yeah. <laughs> if you like, died on Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> it is going to be really <laughs> fucked up for you. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> That's going to hurt me, and I'm not even going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think, like, ultimately, obviously, the the synapses and the elec- electric pulses in your head are just going to they're going to stop, and then you're whatever you are is just going to be gone and yeah. you're going to decompose and turn back, you know, whether you're cremated or you just decompose, you're going to turn back into those singular components that make up everything. Yeah. Um, but there is a part of me that thinks there is something. I don't remember which science I, somebody talked about how we all came from stars. Like, yeah all the components for life, all the components for every single thing that's on the planet earth. Like it's all in stars. And when they, you know, they're exploding and they're shooting stuff out into space. That's, and that we kind of, whether it's like a heaven or any of that, you know, like afterlife or resurrection, whatever, like there is a, a, I have a big hope that there is something that ties us together that Maybe it's not a consciousness that our brains can yeah. comprehend because there's a lot that we can't comprehend. And so maybe it's one of those things. But I'm, there is a strong hope in me that you and I, even though we may not be us, will be together in some shape or form. Shape or form yeah. yeah, Some sort of like like with an awareness standpoint, like do you think there will be semblances of like uh, – like there's some, I guess, like some sort of like ethereal understanding of yeah. each other. Like I, I recognize something about this. That I guess that's my. Ultimately, I, I, I guess one of the few things that keeps me from panic all the time is the hope that that, and I worry that that is, like some wishful thinking, kind of. Like, oh well, everybody believes in God when they're yeah. dying, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I've had, I don't know, it just seems such a waste and such a weird thing for us to have consciousness and to have all these experiences and to yeah. be something, you know, something more than just a rock or, you know, a cat, a cat or a, you know, a, gu- a guitar. We're just going to yeah. name things in the room. <laughs> uh, it just, it would seem like a cruel, like, joke yeah. for yeah. that to be just like, oh, well, that was great. Now it's just gone forever maybe yeah. but that is also kind of like um like some awesome like the buddhist who would what are those things mandalas is that what they're called those the mandalas yeah mandalas yeah that where they make this thing out of sand and it's this most amazing beautiful like intricate pattern and then they finish and they're like oh well fuck it and then they yeah, just they sweep, sweep it up, it up. Yeah. and maybe that's what life is maybe there is nothing maybe we're just a manda- mandala man i i don't know that scares me i brought this up with the episode with Chris, but uh, when I was young, my dad once said, uh, uh, for all we know, our consciousness could stay in our bodies. That <laughs> <laughs> is terrifying. Yeah, I think yeah. he was I think he was trying to console me in that moment when he said it. <laughs> I was just trying to you find You to be in a coffin forever, Dad? <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck, I'm definitely yeah. getting cremated now. Put in a keepsake garden so at least I can get some... Uh, it's a good thing you're. Wait, no, you're dead. You said he's a preacher. That's not. That, yeah. <laughs> hopefully he, he's learned to not. Because <laughs> yeah. that would be yeah. very terrible. Because especially when I was younger, there was a. I'm still kind of claustrophobic, but there that was one of those things that I was super. I don't know why. Like yeah. I wasn't. You watched Barry. I, I didn't work in Ryan a, Reynolds. <laughs> I didn't work in a, in a coal mine or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, why did yeah, I think yeah. I was going to be buried <laughs> alive? Yeah. But uh, that was a big fear of mine. That would. 
not make things better. No. <laughs> my father had said, luckily, my dad didn't really talk to me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my dad has a really weird way of trying to console where he's gotten better. But like you think about it, like he's a chaplain. So like he's a therapist for a lot of soldiers. So he's I'm sure he's learned yeah. to work things better. But, you know, when you're 12 years old. And you're like, I'm going to die, and I don't know what's going to happen. Like you were, his, you were his test subject. Yeah, he was like, let's see if this works. Yeah, in more ways than one, being yeah. the oldest, too, of five kids. Yeah, a lot of, like, let's see if this sticks. Yeah. And it did, and not the ways they were <laughs> expecting. <laughs> but there's still a lot of fear there. With the, the Stardust thing, because I wanted to talk about that, because I've heard that, too, about how, like, you know, it's like there's only so much matter in the universe and that it's constantly recycled yeah. into itself, into different forms. And that is like kind of like a Buddhist kind of, you know, the interconnection of everything, constantly borrowing atoms and, and all of that stuff, the science and the mystical side of it. I wonder if like there is a sentience within stars, you know, like kind of like a not like. Not like, I'm a star and I'm out here. <laughs> but, you know, kind of like uh, just an, I, I think awareness is the better. Like, I don't think cats know they're cats, but yeah. they're. I don't, I don't. It. I guess it's because it's this one of those things that you don't know. There's. I don't I don't know. I don't I would say that I don't think there is like I feel like the stuff that combines us in the universe isn't always I think that's a human thing where we want to put an identity or put a consciousness on everything yeah some sort of personification and I think that's why it doesn't necessarily help that I feel like in some way we're connected but it's not if it's not a if there's no consciousness at all or awareness of the connectedness then it doesn't help because I'm still in the same boat so I'm genuinely worried of the day that scientists is like, we've figured out consciousness and it is just chemical reaction. Yeah, yeah. There is no real consciousness. And there is, um, I don't know how scientific it is or, or if it's more of the philosophy, uh, philosophy side where there are people that believe that every single thing we do yeah, is like, a chemical reaction. Like n- there is no free will at yeah, all. Like Sam Harris talks yeah. about that in on free will. Yeah. And when, you know, you asked me to come over here. I didn't say, okay, well, Tuesday or today or do, you know, like, do I want to do this podcast? It was whatever came from your chemical reactions in your head showed up, you know, through my eyes and my ears yeah. and it caused a, a something to fire in my brain that caused the chemical to go, you know, and yeah, it is, uh, I don't know. That's a dangerous game, though, because that means now, like, you can't yuck someone else's yum. <laughs> they're like, they're um, like, no, it's like, it's not that I'm into piss. Yeah. It's just that, like, the chemicals in my brain yep. react <laughs> that way, and that's just what stimulates those those neurons to fire. It is. It is. It is a wormhole. It's it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like like the death thing. It's there's no real answer, and that yeah. you know it. It I did. Speaking of that, I don't remember if I came up with the the concept. I know, so we came here to watch that last podcast on the left, Jamboree. Yeah. And Stephen G and I rode together to and from. And that dude is so smart that he makes me mad at myself for being dumb. <laughs> because he the things he was saying was amazing. And we were talking about, like, when you die and you see your own life flash before your eyes... And then I'm like, but the part where your life is flashing before your eyes is part of your life. So like, oh, does it become like an infinite feedback loop of like you just maybe when you're dying, you live forever because in that 10 minutes that it goes from you're like, okay, well, I'm shutting down to when you're gone or however long that is. It's five, 10 minutes for those of us that are surviving. But for you you see your entire life flash before your eyes. And then that last part of that is your life flashing before your eyes, which is your whole life. And then it's just an eternity of living the same life, which would, I feel like I've had a pretty good life. So that would be all right with me. But yeah. And when I interviewed Chris, Chris, when I asked what happens when I die, Chris goes, you already have. I was like, I was like, what? Uh, 
Yeah, because yeah. like the whole like all of time exists yeah. at once was kind of his take on it. Uh, but that like because after he left, I sat and thought about it for a while, and I was like, I'm already dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, like the. You know, if you look at it from a religious perspective, like this seems more like a purgatory or a limbo yeah. or a hell than than uh, whatever. I don't even know what Earth is supposed to be like a, a test or something. I don't know. Yeah, fuck, dude. I but, hope this isn't a test. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody passes. If this is a test, we <laughs> yeah, all fail. This yeah. is a test. Yeah, that's why people die because <laughs> we There's, all fail. Yeah, <laughs> there was like yeah. Christ is the only person to have passed the test. It was but like he died. Him and Mu- no, but he, oh, but came, he came back, back. Yeah, yeah. and then he ascended, and I yeah. think Muhammad ascended too. So there's two, yeah, and probably a Buddha, yeah, <laughs> like and John Smith, yeah, yeah, sure. He came back as Donny Osmond. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I still it was weird. I, I don't know why I thought they were married. I recently I Joseph Smith and Donny no, no, Osmond. Donny Osmond and his and Marie Osmond are sister, are brother and sister. Oh yeah, I thought they were forever i thought they were married i mean i guess that's because they're not in my cultural wheelhouse yeah that could be it i'm not 70 years old so i used to say they could it could be like a white stripes thing where oh yeah yeah. they pretended to be siblings but they were actually married yeah yeah which is a weird front for your band weird flex i don't know (laughs) (laughs) we're brother and sister it's like all right jack white's like one of those geniuses that's a little weird yeah they're a lot weird like he did that song with icp where they took a mozart song i haven't heard that it is uh something about lick it was a song that he wrote as like a like kind of like a just a silly song like yeah like a in the vein of like a man from nantucket or whatever type of that type of humor yeah about licking asses (laughs) and obviously it wasn't like performed on an opera stage or anything yeah um apparently jack white I wanted to say Jack Black uh, and ICP did a version of that song together. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. And now I feel like this may be more of a test that this kind of stuff. <laughs> this may be more evidence that we're dead. Yeah. There's yeah. no way if we were alive and that that would happen. Yeah. What happened in 2012 that <laughs> now we're in. <laughs> I, I do wonder, and I guess this is why it's so easy to fall into the, um, you know, the end of the world type stuff or the, you know, that you want to make everything about you, you know, like yeah. important things happen while you're a lot, you know, you're not. And like, what if something did happen? Like, what if the multiverse split and that's why like Trump got elected or <laughs> coronavirus or, you know, all these crazy things that are happening. Yeah. But all this crazy shit happened, you know, the more yeah. I learn about history and I l- like listen to podcasts is, Everything's been done before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The more you, the more you start to. That's why I dropped out of college because I was going for a history degree, um, and we were covering. Uh, this was like my second year, um, and we were diving into like the turn of the 1900s in America, and it was like, yeah, this was like the rise of authoritarianism yep. and like monopolies and, yeah, yeah monopolies yeah. and like over uh the militarization of like the police force yep. and like workers being beat up for no reason just because they wanted a a better job or like better pay and i was yeah. like oh okay all right well uh i don't want to know what happens <laughs> next so let's well i do know what happens yeah. next world war Two. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> let's uh let's let's try to be ignorant ignorance is bliss so let's just drop out and stop following yeah it's uh i, I it's a balance i'd have to find between like keeping track of the news you know reading about history yeah. like and just being saint you, you because if you focus too much I mean, there are people that are literally focused too much on politics and, and yeah. it has made them insane. So it's, yeah. it's not a hypothetical thing. It, and I just, I try to find that balance between, and I think it, it back to the subject of the podcast, even like with death, like I can wormhole into that and think about it and panic, you know, panic, or I can tell myself, Hey, you're okay now. You're not dead. Yeah. Think about the good things. Go. Yeah read a book or go for a walk or, you know, and, and yeah. I think, uh, there's a lot of things that, that you have to do that. Otherwise, yeah, 
you'll go crazy and yeah or i mean yeah. this could be part of one of your infinite flashbacks yes into, <laughs> <laughs> you know if steven and chris are right like we're already there yeah we're already dead just yeah, yeah. I'm in a hospital bed somewhere from <laughs> in the alternate yeah. universe where I didn't get the colonoscopy and I had, and I had like raging ass cancer. <laughs> you're just mumbling through like all of your families around you is you're mumbling ass cancer to yourself over and over. I'm doing like three different podcasts. <laughs> They're like, why is he talking about death? And yeah. And Alex Cunningham, like it's Chris Dixon, calling Chris Dixon an asshole. What is? Yeah. Who is Chris Dixon? What is he <laughs> oh. Just tell him a cat to shut up. There's no cat in this hospital. <laughs> well, like I think this is it. I think I think uh, I think Uncle Adam's on his way out. <laughs> he keeps mumbling. And then I have a miraculous comeback, and they're like, "What in the hell was going on <laughs> yeah, here, buddy?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What was your coma dream? That was. We thought you were gone. <laughs> You kept telling one-liners in your... <laughs> you, you talked about Jeffrey Dahmer for like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. You were just mumbling about Jeffrey Dahmer. And then you made us clap for him. It was weird. <laughs> oh, But we did because we loved you. Yeah, we, we thought you were you. leaving. We thought, we thought it would bring you back. Yeah. In our timeline, Jeffrey Dahmer was a good guy. Yeah, he, he became he was, president. Yeah, he was like our JFK. Yeah, he mm-hmm. uh, he impl- he uh, implemented like yeah. the best public transit system <laughs> any American president has ever done. Yeah. We all use hyper trains to get from. Uh, I mean, he still ate humans, but we forget. Yeah, him. yeah, no, but that's now you know there's a scarcity. Yeah. Global warming still happened here, yeah. so. I think this is a good spot to end. <laughs> That's good on Jeffrey Dahmer, President Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, so before we go, uh, I always have every guest say one of my favorite Buddhist prayers, uh, which is aging is normal for me. Illness is normal for me. Death is normal for me. Illness is normal for me. Aging is normal for me. Death is normal for me. Fantastic. Adam Wolf, thank you for dropping by, bud. Oh, I, it was amazing. I really had a good time. 